0: Welcome to Ask Masters. Uh, we are on location today. So um, this is a job that we are working on here in Southern California and um, doing a lazy river. Uh, so uh, it's been, uh, we've had Peter from Riverflow on before and we uh, kind of talked a little bit uh, about it, but um, uh, me and my team, we have five uh, Riverflows going in currently. And uh, this one here, we've actually got two systems here uh, to power this lazy river. And so uh, we got everybody knows Kevin from dynamic Uh, so Kevin's here uh, because he is probably the leading installer of river flows in the country uh, but is not that familiar with lazy river so kind of came down and uh, brought one of his uh, guys here to help out with um, uh, with uh, manhandling the 12-inch pipe Um, but yeah let's let's uh just chat a little bit about lazy river so um why don't
1: you chat so yeah the, the, I've, I've installed multiple multiple swim in place systems with the, with the current systems river flow and um you, you gotta you think about one thing with the with the swim in place and your current is going straight down the pool you you want at least about 15 feet of of swim space for that current and and it's pretty basic and straightforward. You set your, your return line at, at about six inches below water level. Your suction, suction lines can go either in the same wall or down at the other end of the pool. Um, but with a, the with a, um, Lazy River you, you, you got a lot more things to think about where you have to keep this c- continuous current going around in this circle. And on this pool there's a lot of obstacles because we have very sharp corners in our in our river basically and so um, so yeah, we, it, we had to consult with Peter on, on how to angle the pipes and, and where to place the suction lines exactly. And, and, um, and it, it's a little bit different than the, than the swimming place for sure. Yeah, um, and
0: Peter actually did have some, uh, some real important input here. And so uh, we were brought in pretty early in the process. They had not even dug the pool yet and so uh, peter had some opinions and we worked with the landscape architect to actually change the shape of the pool a little bit and and kind of reconfigure the entry staircase here Uh, we we took off the corners we reutilized some of the benches in here Um, so uh, because there were some challenges with the initial design that we were not necessarily we were going to have large dead spots now with the rectilinear design we know we're going to have some dead spots in here uh, but the goal of working with Peter was to minimize those dead spots. And at the end of the day, we actually even ended up adding a second system uh, because we knew that one system was going to work uh, and it was going to be okay. Uh, but the uh, this section of the pool in through here is really deep. And so we wanted to make sure that we had uh, a reasonable current going throughout the entire pool. And to overcome the six foot depth that we have here, uh, we decided that it would be better to add a second. Uh, pump onto here, and the nice thing about these pumps is that they're variable speed, and so you can turn the flow up and down based on how fast you want the river to be going. So, um, talk a little bit about lazy rivers. How do they work? What's the uh, you know what, what's kind of the theory behind them?
1: They have a river flow has a, a specific T that they use for for uh, lazy rivers. That it's a it's a T turned on its side and has three different four inch outputs on it. So. It creates three different levels of current. Um, Peter had designed this w- with a slightly different uh, model in mind. That he used the the swim-in-place nozzle, um, and it's set basically at the center of the water levels because to th- to get that current going really strong um, overall. And um, uh, b- because of the the obstacles we have with the sharp corners and and potential dead spaces for water. So so. We're, we're focusing that current more in the center of the depth of the water um, to create that flow, the continuous flow going around the river.
0: So one of the things on this system that you caught right away uh, as you walked in is uh, similar to the swim in place. We actually have the suction's right below the return. Right. And uh, that was uh, that was one of the questions that I had for Peter early on. Um, uh, but what we discovered was that it's really not that critical uh, that that in the the theory with the lazy river is that you get the water moving and right. a lazy river unlike a swim jet system uh, or a swim in place system as soon as you turn that on you're ready to go and you can start swimming right away lazy rivers take a little bit of time uh if you think about um, you know it, as a kid we'd jump in, in grandma and grandpa's circular jacuzzi and and we'd spin around and we'd get going and we get going and then we could stop And the entire body would still swirl in that circular motion. Lazy River does the same thing. It's not immediately, it doesn't immediately get started and get going. Uh, So you turn the pump on, it will actually, um, it it takes a little while for the flow to kind of get moving. And then even after, uh, after you shut the system down, it'll actually flow for a, a little while. So the theory is just a little bit different uh, than an actual swim and play system.
1: You end up with, with less uh, backflows and eddies. With, with a swim and place system, especially when you have the suction and return on the same, same side, you end up with an eddy that comes back on the outside of the pool, which is not necessarily bad. I mean, depending on the sh- size and shape of your pool, but it, it creates different currents and going opposite directions of what you're actually swimming. Um, best case scenario with the swim in place is that you have your suction line at one end of the pool and your return line at the other You get a continuous straight flow going through the whole thing and and you, you don't get any back eddies or anything like that um, But I believe that we're already expecting some back eddies in, in this just because of the sharp corners that we have up high in the, in the pool wall
0: Exactly and that's where Peter is just such a master and so great at at just being able to analyze this and managing client expectations. Uh, Peter came in, he actually gave us some really good drawings and uh, and so we were able to walk with the client uh, so that they understand kind of the areas where we've got some, uh, where we're probably gonna have some dead spots in this pool uh, but based on the architecture and, and the overall design of this property, um, the rectilinear design fit much better than more of a uh, an amoeba, uh, your traditional uh, lazy river kind of um, curved angles would have. And so, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, the 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 slight um, the slight limitations of this system uh, were uh, they were acceptable to the client. Uh, but again, it's it's all about just managing client expectations. So, um, Kevin, let's really dive into. I know we've been doing some, some short videos here, but let's, um, let's kind of start from the top and dive into what is the river flow system? How does it work? What's kind of the theory and what's kind of what is it? I mean, I see this giant white pipe coming through the side of the wall here. Uh, right. Why do we need 12 inch pipe? And really?
1: <laughs> um, it, it's uh, the way that Peter has explained it to me. This is not like your regular pool. It's not a closed impeller or anything like that. It is basically what it looks like on the inside of the pump, which we'll show you a little later, is basically like a boat prop. It's like a it's a three-blade bo- boat prop in there that 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 just really circulates the water at in a in a different fashion than it's it's a low pressure um, high flow f- flow out of this pump and and it's not like your your closed impeller that is that is super high pressure and and super high head. Um and so, yeah, it, just, it creates a different sort of current than what you're used to in plumbing, basically. Um, and like the, the, the pressure in the pipes does not ever really exceed more than like five pounds or something like that. And it's, it's very minimal pressure and it's just a linear flow that, that, um, that allows for the name river flow. And because it really does create a flow just like a river, I mean, it mimics it so well, it's, it's, the, name, the name says it all, basically.
0: Yeah, and there's no air injected into this so you're not swimming against a a spa jet Uh, that's why i really love installing these systems Um, one of the things that uh, if you decide to embark on even a a swim in place or a lazy river one of the critical aspects to it is that you actually want to minimize the amount of fittings that you have now not only because the fittings are three and four and five hundred dollars each uh, because 12-inch fittings can get pretty expensive, but also because it is such a low-head system and such a uh, a high-flow but a low-pressure system, uh, adding significant number of 90s really can uh, can diminish the overall performance very quickly.
1: Oh, for sure. You, you, you definitely would notice it in these systems more than you'd notice it in your regular filtration system with, with a 3-inch suction and 2-inch return. Um, you know, you can add multiple fittings and you're not you know, with the high pressure, you're not losing a ton of flow out of it, but with these is like you, you add one too many 90s and you might feel it. Um, at the same time, your return line coming from the pump you, you, is, is super critical and not, well, I shouldn't say super critical, I should say somewhat important, but not, not completely critical. Is the best, best case scenario is that your return line is coming straight out of your pump. We have done it with a couple 90s where we're making a U-turn on it, and we're using these long sweep 90s, but I've also seen on, on one or two of my projects where making that U-turn creates a, it throws the current off to the side more than rather than coming straight out of the pipe, and, and then you, you have to make some adjustments on the nozzle in order to redirect the current and get a nice linear straight current to swim against. Uh, the same principle is going to apply for your 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 uh, lazy river as well, you know, it's like you want to direct that current specifically to go down the center of your, your river so that you get that flow going around the circle really well.
0: Yeah, one of the interesting design things that Peter was really uh, pretty firm about on this uh, project is over here we've got a big Baja shelf and then the entry staircase. And uh, originally we had the um, the nozzle coming right next to the staircase, uh, coming out basically the center of the Baja shelf and shooting down the, the center of the spine of this pool. Um, and Peter brought up a very interesting point, and he said, you know, as somebody is coming around the river and if they want to get to the entry steps, they have to pass by this plume of 1,200 uh... gallons per minute in order to get to the staircase and so uh... that was uh... just a a bit of a concern and so we ended up sliding the staircase over and put it more in the center of the baja shelf so that we could put the return a little bit off on the side and uh... and and in the lazy river you do have a little bit more leeway in uh, as opposed to uh, the swim in place uh, so that that pipe is not coming dead straight up this long side uh, but it's it's still in the general direction coming through uh, and and again all of that was all worked out um, long before we ever even put a shovel in the ground here peter worked with us in all of that
1: yeah and it and this brings up the the thing about the back eddies i was talking about I've, you've ever been at a, uh, at a regular water park that has a lazy river, you see the staircases for entering and exiting the lazy river and they're cut off to the side because it does create a uh, back eddy so that you're not fighting the current to get out of the river, you know, and, and you can kind of swim off to the side in this little back eddy and, and exit the river safely.
0: Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the pump. Um, uh, Two different models that are available. You get a seven and a half horsepower and a ten horsepower. Right. Um, uh, But they're all variable speed. I mean, we're all familiar with variable speed, uh, you know, because it's it's kind of crept into the industry. Uh, But talk a little bit about that.
1: So yeah, the the I've personally, I believe, I don't think I've ever done a seven and half horsepower, um, and. saw the reasoning for it but i think there are some applications for it Um, i've always installed 10 horsepower with the um with the variable frequency drive and 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 this is a different you know some of you who've done commercial projects may have seen maybe have seen these drives before but it's it's basically like a computer that's mounted to the wall with your big 10 horsepower pump and you got to do some programming to it to to get the right uh process out of it where it it ramps, ramps the motor up slowly rather than a quick start like your normal pool pump. Um, And it makes these these pumps and motors last a lot longer. You know, I've yet to in 15 years or 20 years of doing this, I have yet to replace a motor that I can think of. um, That's been placed in good environmental conditions. And, um, and just the way that the the variable frequency works with it, 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 it prolongs its life a lot longer. Because um, they are expensive motors too. So,
0: yeah. So, what are some of the questions that you have uh, now that you're here uh, <laughs> on site with the Lazy River that, uh, that that are are new things, or what are some insights that you have gained just by being here on site today?
1: Well, I guess some insights that would be uh, is like you had said about the angle of this this return on this this uh, pump on this side of the pool, um, and now that I st- that we started talking through it, it made more sense where. It possibly creates this eddy over here for easily e- e- to to easily exit when you're when you're riding the lazy river, um, and uh, and then it, it was the thing about the the suction lines where I would have I would have thought more that the suction lines should be you know opposing the the return lines but uh, like you said Peter had set this one up and designed it with the suction and return rather than the same spot um, this side's a little bit different our suction lines are behind this plastic right here because we're using the pool as our Our dirt storage place where we're doing our plumbing back here. Um, And so, uh, you know, one of the other things about uh, the the returns and and suction lines is that they are super big penetrations and is super critical to waterproof properly around these things. Um,
0: Even before we get to that, though, you know, um, especially these these sump boxes, they are 21 by 25 inches. Right. They're gigantic suction boxes. And, you know, as as you guys build pools, you know, you're the, the, even your most easiest uh, engineering has 12 inch on center. Well, we're putting two of these 21 by 25 inch boxes in the pool. So you really have to work with your structural engineer to get all of the detailing around these. Um, I, I believe this one had number six bars uh, that we had to kind of splice all the way around. Uh, don't take that as an engineering you know, uh, <laughs> advice uh, but the engineer did have specific design parameters for all three of these the 12 inch pipe that comes through and that and so and then like you said waterproofing becomes really an issue. Right
1: and current systems has a basic detail for that steel schedule around there and it does have so much steel going around it that you end up stacking up the steel almost like two inches thick and steel by all the crossbars going around it it's not exactly the same thing as like your regular uh, pool light where you build a cage around it it's more where you're boxing it out in your in your steel pattern and, and reinforcing that you know double double curtain almost around each one um, and then we've been waterproof and it's like i it, and like i said i've been doing this for 20 years but i think i've only been using Miracope membrane c for seven or eight years and so i don't remember what i did in the olden days when i sealed around these but now i'm very thorough about creating a pocket around these and doing the entire detail of penetrations that Membrane C uses, where we put caulking around the, around the fitting and between the fitting and the shotcrete. We put fabric and multiple layers of the Membrane C around it, and I have, knock on wood, have never had an issue with leaking on those, especially since I use that Membrane C detail.
0: Yeah, one of the other things too, is you can see, uh, we've got our fittings back here, uh, but you can also see the plumbing crew back here, they're in a gigantic hole and um, you know we start to uh, you start to realize our pump is over here it's about 26 feet away and our suctions are here you're not digging just a a, a little trench here Uh, and so this trench is full 56 inches so it's five feet six inches all the way back to where the pipe uh, where the pump is going to be located in a planter over there where we can actually hide it uh, and so you have to get kind of creative with where these pumps are going to go as well uh, because you know, not only is the pipe expensive, but that's a lot of dirt you have to move and, and uh, Talk about a hydraulic uh, lock and that and why we can't just come over and come up and and all of that Right,
1: I mean because you you end up with uh, Potential spaces for air to get to, to gather and create a hydraulic lock there um, can you and I was explain thinking-
0: hydraulic lock for, for people that may not know what it is?
1: <laughs> I, just, I just talked about this over the week, and I can't, I, can't, I, I can't come up with words right now, sorry. So
0: essentially, <laughs> w- um, uh, return lines are much less susceptible to it, but um, on a suction line is where you really have the problem. And the best way that I've explained it to, to my team members is if you have a line that goes, and then you, have, uh, you either um, come up for some reason and then go back down. Um, on a suction line that becomes real problematic because what ends up happening is you end up getting air trapped in the top part of that High point of the plumbing line and that air will um, it will really limit the uh, Ability of the pump to prime itself and for the whole system to end up staying primed and so um, Whereas on a return line, it'll push all day. It'll push the air out Uh, You know, you want to minimize any up and down as much as possible but it becomes hypercritical on suction lines not to have any high spots uh, because you will end up with a real challenge trying to get the trying to get the entire system primed and then even after it's primed um, they tend to lose prime much more easily.
1: Yeah you can get cavitation on it easily as well which I, which I have seen on these pumps when um, we we did a repair on a pump not too long ago and the the water level in the pool was a little we had to lower the water level to do the repair and then we wanted to test it out but the water level was so low that we started drawing air as soon as we turned that pump up to full speed and then you see the cavitation and you hear it strain the motor and, and so hydraulic lock is, is, is essentially could be causing the same, same effect which is going to end up you know, shortening the life of your motor and, and pump.
0: So what are some of the things as we're uh, winding down here what are some of the things that you've learned in your dozens of installing these systems over the years what are some of the some of the points we're not going it's not going to be an installation guide but just some of the things that you know pointers that you can give people as they start to embark on uh looking to do one of these systems
1: Well as I always preach is drawings 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 in in your equipment and um you know, Spears has Spears has their fittings online where you can download the the CAD CAD dimensions of their drawings and you can put together the system that you want um, exactly how you want it. Because with the 12 inch pipe, if you're off like a half an inch, you can't just bend that pipe or anything. You, you got to rethink how you're doing it. If, if you're, and, and if you're having two pipes coming at two different angles that need to be square or 45, that is super critical too. Um, as you glue each fitting, you know you have to you have to brace your pipe down and secure it in place because the slightest little tilt in anything can throw the rest of your plumbing all off and by the time you get back to your pump then your pump might not be square or level and and just because you had twisted one of the 90s back back further in the system slightly it's thrown everything else off so taking your time super critical and like i say after you glue each fitting Brace everything, check level on every single thing you just, it, check the level on every fitting you, you do each time you glue a fitting. Check check all the last ones, make sure everything is level because it is super critical to just keep it all level. Keep your suction line square to the pool wall, your return line square to the pool wall unless designed otherwise. And, um, you know, like I said, take your time. It's it's not a race on this stuff for sure. It, it, takes, it takes four to five guys to install one of these systems because it takes takes three to four guys just to glue one fitting you know it's it's not something you just throw together it takes a lot of pressure a lot of force and even though they make tools to join these pipes it's difficult to use on 45s and T's uh,
0: and in a trench
1: yeah and in a trench and which which reminds me of the trench too you have to dig that trench twice as wide so you got room for bodies in there as as well as your pipe and uh, and the pipe weighs two tons too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have some pictures in here uh, just of the guys manhandling a 20 foot piece in, and it took four guys. Uh, so this is not something where you're going to have, you know, just one or two guys. Uh, you know, you have to have. So we're today we're working on a section of pipe that's about 25 feet long, and we have maybe five fittings, and we have um, four guys here, and we'll be here all day, uh, and and. We should be able to finish in one day, but uh, there's definitely there's definitely you have to take some time, and that um, yeah, it's it's not something that goes super quickly. Um, not at all. Anything else? Um, as you, uh,
1: I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. So, yeah A okay.
0: uh, w- uh, couple of just final things as you're doing your planning, like Kevin said, um, one of the things is you start to get up into really big pipe. You you open up some different options for fittings. And So uh, we have a great supplier here that allows us to pick up fittings and then so long as we don't use them and we don't tear them up we can take them back and so um, In 12 inch you can actually get 45s 22 and a half you know some of you may be familiar with that you can get those Uh, We we have some of those in stock in our warehouse for four inch Uh, But the other thing you can get is you can get an 11 and a quarter And so sometimes you need to just jog a pipe just a little bit and so there are some other options uh, that you have available when the pipe gets this big because um, again you're not you're not able to bend a line so you know on occasion that 11 and a quarter may give you just that little bit of additional wiggle room to get everything to align back where you need it to be we
1: have we have heat bent a couple times and it takes three guys with three heat guns Con- and it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to get it hot enough just to bend it that just a half an inch, you know. And it's, it's, uh, you know, but sometimes it's worth it, you know, to 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 not spend all that extra money on on the extra fitting and the cutting and the gluing.
0: You know, and if you can make it work, you know, and
1: then it then it's good.
0: Yeah, make sure you check, uh, we've got some other videos that we've done in this series uh, from the site today about uh, the importance of chamfering pipe. Um, uh, we've got some videos uh, showing the guys actually gluing stuff together, you're using different daubers, you're using different glues and all of that. So make sure you check out all the rest of the videos in the series and hope that you've been super helpful today.